this is a revisit of our self-care episode with some bonus content added in the beginning where Jamie and I really tell you some real talk about how we are applying these concepts to our lives. Now listen, this isn't self-care to shame you or give you some really unrealistic goals to meet. We're talking about why this mindset is so hard, why there's so many unrealistic goals and false advertising when it comes to self-care. There's no shame here in this episode. We hope to make self-care easier and more realistic for you. Hi, I'm Heather Wood, and I'm an intuition and ego expert. And I'm Jamie Hayhurst, and I'm an energy healer. We're both passionate about smashing the patriarchy, integrity in the spiritual world, and social justice. This is the Intuitive Girl's Guide. Hey, Jay, we're playing this week a revisit of our self-care episode. Yes, which I love that episode, and I I want more people to hear it. You have convinced me to confess the reason as to why there's a repeat this week. (laughs) Well, hardworking Heather doesn't like to take weeks off, you know, like to stay on task. Mm -hmm. I I do. Those are all very accurate descriptions of me. Yes. 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 So... I also want to tell you, I'm going to tell you why I'm taking the week off, even though it requires vulnerability. And for me to say something like confess things I don't love to tell people about, I will, I promise. But I would also like you guys to know that in order to convince me to do this and to explain this to you, Jamie used my human desire that I use mostly, which is contribution to get me to do it. Right. So go back and listen to that episode. If you haven't, you'll understand what this means. And I didn't, I didn't realize I was doing it at the time. Like when we talk about in the episode that a lot of times you don't know these theories, but you, you realize as a way to interact with people personally, that that's going to click with them. Yeah. Literally during the episode, Jamie went, Oh, I just did that to you. And And this is what we're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay. So what's going on, and the reason that we decided to play the self-care episode is that I'm taking a week off for self-care, but it's kind of an interesting form of self-care that I don't think a lot of women talk about, and I think we should more. Right. I agree. Okay. So when you're hearing this, I am recovering from a hysterectomy. Yes, you will be. And Jamie's making me take a week off. (laughs) I am. I am. I know you could, I know we could record. I know you could be like on your couch recording. We could be getting it done, but I think that we need to just relax and heal. First of all, get yourself a best friend that says things like that to you, especially when you're not good at allowing it for yourself. Right. And second of all, I think as women, we do this thing where it's like this weird badge of honor. If we can just, have surgery, but then still do all, all the things instead of allowing help and allowing ourselves to heal. Yes. It's definitely a badge of honor that we've been taught. We need to be seeking out. Yes. So this, my self care this week is not doing that is actually allowing myself to be helped to take a break. Now, will I take off the amount of time suggested? No, I will not. Let's be honest. No. Will I try to do a better job of allowing myself to rest and ask for help? Yes. 
asking for help is my least favorite thing in the whole entire world, but I will do it because, you know, when you have moments like this, you can just suffer in it or you can kind of use it for growth, right? Right. And you also, if you're going to be having a public forum, like a podcast and telling people that they should take care of themselves, it's pretty hypocritical if you don't. Exactly. And if you're someone who has trouble with self-care, me too. And this is me confessing it. And this is me telling you that I had to have the support of Jamie to be like, you need, you need to let yourself rest. Like it isn't, you're not doing anything wrong if it's hard for you. It's hard for all of us. And so I'm trying to show up here and tell you it's hard for me, but I'm doing it. And I'm even telling you because I also, as much as I don't like to be helped, I also really don't like sympathy. (laughs) Correct. You do not. No. So that's a hard thing, but we need to do this more. And as women, we need to be, there's this weird, like hush hush thing. Like don't talk about a surgery that has to do with a female part of the body. Mm Mm-hmm. Ew. No, of course, talk about it. So right. my, my uterus and some of the other parts, they're getting, they're, they're coming out because it, I'm in too much pain and my cycle is too crazy every month and you don't have to suffer with that guys. And it's okay to have to ask for help or confess that something is hard because the more I talk about this, the more I realize how many women are struggling and thinking that they're just supposed to be in pain and, like they just think that that's what they're supposed to suffer with. And we need to talk about it more. So we all realize that we don't have to. I mean, you're saying what a lot of women live is that they would rather experience a lifetime of pain. We're not just talking like a couple bad cycles here. We're talking about your entire life has been like this. Mm-hmm. You would rather experience that and, and then fix it, but do it in silence than to actually say, hey, this is what's going on with me. Like that's how quiet women are told to be about their bodies. Yeah, exactly. So I'm trying not to be quiet. It's hard, but I'm not being quiet. I'm, (laughs) when you hear this, I will be someone who doesn't have a uterus anymore. And it's okay to go. And like, it's also okay to keep insisting that doctors listen to you because I spent a lot of my life being told it was just how it's supposed to be until I finally found a doctor who said that I had a condition and was like, no, you don't have to live like this. There's no reason for you to here's, here's some options. And I'm not saying it's right for everyone, but I'm just saying there are lots of things you can do to get support. If you're struggling with anything to do with being a female or the reproductive system or your period or anything like that, it's, You're not alone in that and keep fighting for getting the help that you need. Always, always speak up and and keep searching and looking if you need more support. Keep searching for that and know that if you're listening to this podcast and you're wondering how you can really sort of practically and effectively dismantle the things that we talk about, like the patriarchy and white supremacy and sexism and misogyny, that these this is what it looks like in real life is one, speaking up and insisting that you find someone who will care for you and Mm -hmm. take care of you medically. And then also being willing to speak up about it, talk to people about it, not live in the, you know, the imposed shame of having problems with your reproductive organs. Ridiculous, but that's how we feel. And then you further do that by then dismantling this narrative that you can't ask for help. 
and that yeah. you have to be tough and that you have to be stoic and unaffected. So it's, you're really, Heather, showing people in this very layered way how to very practically rewrite your narrative about the patriarchy. Yeah. And I, I think that's an amazing point. And I think the more you start to speak up and realize the things that you're suffering with or not speaking up about or whatever, the more like deep you see how, like you see how far it goes. You see that it's not just because the problem I'm having has to do with a female organ that it's, it's hush hush and there's shame for some reason. right? Right. And that you're supposed to be quiet about the fact that you bleed. Like I'm supposed to hide right. a pad or a tampon in my sleeve or something as I walk to the bathroom, even though 50% or something of the population is like, does that, like it doesn't make any sense. And it's because we're, tr- we're not, we don't want any man to be uncomfortable or something about a woman being messy or being like having something like that. So then if you go and say like, no, I actually, I admit that I do bleed every month. And when I do, there's problems and I'm in a lot of pain and I'm bleeding too heavy that, oh my God, people are like, are you really talking about this? And you just keep seeing like, why aren't we talking about this? Right. Well, and those are the layers underneath, like, just take a week off. Sounds <laughs> super easy. Yeah, I'll just take a week off. Yeah. But then you have to admit all of these layers that we're just now talking about. It's not just taking a week off. It's looking at uh, looking at and addressing all of these these layers of bullshit that we have to walk through. Exactly. Exactly. So not only do you have to walk through the bullshit of like female stuff is supposed to be kept hush hush, which right. is dumb. I know you don't do that in your family. We don't do that in mine either. Um, but it's still there. Right. Yeah. But then you go like when a woman needs time off, it feels illegal and kind of impossible to be honest. Right. Exactly. And like, and how will that look for my family? What will that look like at work? What's, what's going to happen with the podcast? Like, Women carry so much. I know all humans carry a lot, but in this society, women carry so much that it it feels like it would just actually be easier to work through a hysterectomy than you know. Like suffering sounds easier than rest. That should be a big red flag. And if I'm 100% honest with you, suffering does sound easier than rest to me. Oh my God. I hate that for us. I hate that journey for us. It's so (laughs) true. It's so true though. Yeah. So we're going to work on it. We're going to work on it together. If you are having any kind of issue and you want to reach out to me along these lines or anything else, you want to reach out to me or Jamie, please do. We're here to listen and lend a supportive ear. Um, We'll keep you updated. I'm sure I will heal super, super fast and I will work on allowing myself to rest and not just brag about how fast I'm healing, (laughs) but we'll keep you posted and enjoy this self-care episode. And when you're listening, know that we, we are both working on it too. We're, we're not trying to present as two people who do all this stuff perfectly. And I think in this episode, we really tried to talk about self-care in a realistic way and not that you have to shame yourself because you didn't go to the spa for three hours or um, meditate for 17 million years or whatever. Like it can be, there's so many different forms of it and it realistically it's hard to do and you have permission to, to like struggle with it too. Right. Exactly. And that self-care for you, this, this upcoming week is going to look like just 
resting, just sitting, just allowing. It's not going to be cucumbers on your eyes and no. massages and, you know, all this stuff. It's it's going to be just allowing yourself to do what it needs to do. I will be sending you a lot of TikToks probably. <laughs> I, I cannot wait for it. <laughs> all right. All right. So enjoy this episode, whether you listen before and this is your second time or your first time, enjoy it. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you have any questions and let us know if you're also outraged about the same things we are. We always love hearing that. Yep. Can't wait to hear. So we're going to be doing a real talk episode for you guys today. These are bonus episodes that Jamie and I are going to throw in from time to time. We wanted a a place to be able to address things that we feel like are current events that can be beneficial to everybody, but don't necessarily need a four episode um, length of time to deal with. So this is our first real talk episode. And Jamie, do you want to tell them what we decided to address and why? Yeah. So um, this first real talk episode is going to be about self care Exactly. It actually requires that sound effect because it's become sort of this loaded phrase um, in the spiritual world, but also out there in like the whole real world, too. Um, And with this ongoing pandemic, with the new school year starting and um, that being a hot topic about school and working from home and going back out into the real world and adjusting to all this stuff. Um, Self-care feels like something that's very essential and crucial in this moment, but there also feels like this sort of energetic backlash to that's played out, that's overhyped, that's oversold. Um, So we wanted to have some real talk about what self-care really is and how it can be used. Absolutely. And I'd also like to say that this is not going to be us telling you what you should do for self-care, shaming you or guilting you into it, or coming at you from two people who perfectly throughout their entire lives have done (laughs) (laughs) self-care. Instead, these are, this is from two people who I guess how I would say it, Jamie, is like we're students of self-care. We're trying to learn how to do it in a healthy way constantly. I feel like a lot of our conversations are bouncing ideas off of each other about like what might what might be going off in my body? What might I be needing? What do you think sounds wrong here? Um, not um, hi, we're self-care experts and here's all the stuff you're doing wrong. Correct. And I feel like in this world, in this patriarchal society, um, it's completely skewed against self-care. So anytime you do something like that, it's actually sort of like this act of rebellion. Um, So for you, for us to be perfectly taking care of ourselves, it's really hard to do that in this society. So even with the best intents, it's a struggle. Mm -hmm. And that's such a good point because I feel like so many people, when you think about self-care and I know this is the case for me, or at least it was for a very long time. And it's something that I still have to like mentally adjust. I immediately feel guilt and shame. Like when you think of self-care, you shouldn't feel that way. And I'm not saying you shouldn't like you're doing something wrong. I'm saying like society's conditioned you to feel a way that isn't, isn't natural. Like you were born with the intuitive ability to take care of yourself. Right. 
Right. I mean, self-care is literally just taking care of yourself. And the fact that that triggers guilt in mostly women is really telling about where we are as a society that like that natural innate instinct <laughs> brings shame to us is, is really actually scary, but also sad. Yeah. I feel like it makes, it can make me feel defensive if somebody is telling me something like, Hey, you know what you should do for self-care or, you know, how you should eat, or, you know, how you should exercise or meditate. I feel like even when it comes from a really good place or from a very knowledgeable person, my first instinct is defensiveness. Like I don't, I, I have to like talk myself out of it to be open. And I think that just comes from so much outside media societal pressure that's on women to like constantly point out that you're imperfect and somehow self-care has gotten connected to a way to sort of punish yourself for your imperfections instead of celebrate and take care of who you are. Right. Well, and that's, that's exactly the problem is that this it's being sold to us now. And so it now becomes another item on our to-do list Mm -hmm. rather than it just being something that actually helps us. I mean, maybe that's what we should talk about. So like, what's your Heather, what's your definition or how do you frame self-care in your mind? Um, I'm really glad that you asked me this. Um, (laughs) I didn't tell you to ask me this, (laughs) but um, the reason I'm really glad that you asked me this is because until recently, I don't think that I could have answered you. I think that I could have made up a bullshit answer for you that sounded like what society thinks you should say when somebody says that. Right, right, exactly. But I honestly don't think that I could have. I think that's how far off I was in in feeling like in alignment with that. Does okay. that make sense? So now my definition is far more intuitive. And I, I want to talk about how intuitive self-care actually is in a minute. But to answer your question, I look at it as what am I doing to put like energy and nourishment and good stuff back into my cup? I'm a doer. I love to do stuff. And I think most women feel that way. Even if you're not a doer, I guess you're kind of forced into that role. (laughs) Right. Right. So I I like to give, I like to um, put energy out there. You know me, I know, I think I am so nosy about energy and trying to like adjust it in a room. Like I I'm always putting out that way. Mm -hmm. So it's become to me a, a sort of a question to myself where it's like, what needs to go back in the cup? so that the giving can continue and continue to feel really, really good. Yes. I want to add just quickly to that before you move on to the next point is that, um, I don't know if you knew this, but I'm a cool mom and I'm on TikTok. And and I heard, I couldn't, I tried to go back and find it, but I heard um, this guy on TikTok talking about self-care and he was saying that your cup should always be full and that the energy and the love and the care that you give to everyone else in your life should be coming from the overflow of that cup. And I was like, whoa, had never, I know the whole fill your cup theory. I know that whole line, but like the fact that my cup should be overflowing was never even like you said before, it it feels selfish. It felt selfish. And I was like, whoa, if I can overflow my cup and then that's, 
that's what I give to people, that feels really beautiful. Yes, I, I would love to know where it started that, and I think this is true for both genders. I think that this is true for male and female. I think it's worse for women. Hmm. And I, I'm not trying to not give men a voice in this, but societally, I think women are taught to be martyrs, right? Much yeah. more than men are. Yeah. So I want to know where it started, where as a woman, you're supposed to live half a life. Like your whole mission is supposed to be to like take whatever is in your cup and pour it out on somebody else, not pour it into yourself. Like I would love to know where shit went wrong <laughs> to make <laughs> that happen and to be so believable. And really what comes to mind is like, if you want to, if you want to take power away from women, especially, then I would say the ability to actually run on full or overflow, like you're saying, which honestly makes so much sense. Right. Then like, let's take that away because now you're just constantly running on fumes, exactly. right? Like not taking care of yourself. Right. And now, and that leads us to exactly where we are now, where we have to reteach ourselves how to fuel ourselves. I mean, that's what self-care really is. It's fueling your, I mean, I call it, I'm, I'm over, I'm, I sort of get the, my hackles raised when I hear self-care, like that's, I feel like how far it's gone. Um, so in my head, I think of it more as like energetic maintenance. Ooh. Uh, that's like, it's like, it's like maintaining, I mean, I'm the daughter of a mechanic. So like, it's like maintaining the vehicle, maintaining the operating system of something. That's how I try to see it now rather than self-care. Yeah, I like that. It's one of uh, one of those hijacked terms. Right. So to that same point, to that energetic maintenance point, will you expand on that? Like what's your what's your view of self-care? Like energetic maintenance, but like how do you how do you see doing it? How do you see dealing with it? How difficult is it for you? Like tell me a little about that. So I mean, I really struggle with self-care and energetic maintenance. But I also feel like I had to rewrite it for myself that um, it's not massages and spa days and cucumbers on your eyelids. Like, <laughs> I feel like that's how it's been sold. And it can be that, like, don't get me wrong. That's wonderful. That's a wonderful way to like, to maintain your energy. But I feel, feel like it needs to be a lot more practical than that. I mean, for me, self-care is getting enough sleep, eating foods that work in my system, um, maintaining really strong boundaries is energetic self-care for me. Um, <laughs> so, but that it's like, but that doesn't sound luxurious. <laughs> like that's not, I, like I, you can't put that in a commercial, you know? Right. That's hard to, that's hard to like bottle up and sell to people. Right. Exactly. But I think that, I think that that's a really good point as well, though, because sometimes self-care should be something like going to get a massage and having cucumbers on your eyes. Right. But if your expectation for like daily or weekly self-care involves trying to find the time to get a massage, like unless you're one of like the real housewives, which like high five if you are, like right. you probably don't have that ability. I don't know about you, but like, I don't think that that would be like something I could at least enjoy fitting into my, my week. Exactly. Well, right. And you add in like the money of it, the scheduling of it. If you have children, then there's like the childcare, like not working around that time. So 
once something is on your to-do list, it is no longer self-care. Oh, that's such a beautiful point. Like self-care is not a to-do item. Self-care, that's too ego, right? Self-care is far more intuitive. Self-care is like, because even what you might've needed last week for self-care could be completely different than next week from day to day, from hour to hour. Um, So I think like point one is with self-care, you have to rewrite your own, or maybe write for the first time, your own definition of self-care. Like that has to be the first thing. And it has to be something that isn't lofty. It's something that you could actually do. And it needs to be less about like, these are the 10 self-care things I do. And more about this is how I I look at what self-care is and how I address it in my life. A hundred percent. hundred percent. And it's going to be a struggle. Like that's going to be hard for you because you can't just sit down and and write, this is what self-care means to me. And this is what I'm going to do for myself because you have all of these vows and, and ideas and narratives that you've had written into your life since you were a child that you're going to have to look at and dig up and rewrite. Like when I first started working with you, Heather, Self-care for me was literally putting moisturizer on myself after I took a shower. Like that's how far in like the sunken place I was, was Mm -hmm. that that for me was too much time for myself and too something. I don't know. It was too everything for me. And I had to work from there. So you can't just jump from like not feeling like you can give yourself the time to moisturize your skin to like a weekly spa date. Exactly. I feel this is such, you know, that I'm passionate about this because it's a part of what I do for work, but the, I feel like what I want to say to every single person who happens to listen to this right now is that self-care and making time for yourself, whether that's like exercising or eating right or getting massages or drinking water or getting enough sleep, creating boundaries, whatever that looks like for you is so hard for everybody. Like it is not your fault that you're starting and failing and like trying and flailing. Like that is not your fault. You have inherited a really terrible mindset about it passed on from generation to generation. So it isn't your fault. It is, however, your responsibility to change that. Ain't nobody going to do that for you. I know you and we both this may have to be another Real Talk episode at some point. We both feel very strongly about um, people selling you anything, whether Mm -hmm. it's in the intuitive world or not, that's like, here, I've done the work for you. It doesn't. Right. (laughs) That's not a thing. No, it can't work. It can't work. Exactly. So whatever it is, whether it's you want to start meditating or you want to put moisturizer on yourself, right? Like whatever that is, you're bringing in a bunch of guilt and shame and that's stopping you from doing it because you have some story deep down in your subconscious or a vow, like you said, that's keeping you from feeling good doing it. And if you have climbed the guilt and shame mountain, every mother effing time you try to take care of yourself, you're just going to, you're going to opt out. That's too much work. It's too much energy to feel terrible. Right. So it's about going in and doing the work and going, what kind of stories have I created that makes it so I don't feel good when I take care of myself? 
Right. Exactly. And that's a lot of work. That's not just being like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to take a nap every day and feel better. (laughs) Right. And that's why a lot of people don't do it. It is a lot of work, but, and it isn't something that you get to do one time. It's something that you, you do when you do the digging and you do the big work, but you have to constantly lean into, you have to constantly deal with, like it, it doesn't, it's you and I get exasperated over this all the time. Like, oh my gosh, this stupid lesson again, like, oh, (laughs) right. Exactly. But, and when you talk about it being more of an intuitive exercise and, and it also changing all the time is rather than it being a list that you make or something you feel pressured to do or to buy, it's more of like learning to tap into yourself and saying, okay, I'm exhausted or I'm really feeling snappy right now. Like, what do I need? What am I not getting? And take a look at what your day's been or your week or your month has been. I mean, we're living in a pandemic. Some people might not want to like fully get on board with that, but like, it's a pandemic, you know, and that looks really different for a lot of people. And it's, but no matter where you are, no matter what your life looks like, shit is upside down. Yes, yes. And that requires maintenance. Yes. There's more stress on your system. Right. The pandemic with that looming with, oh my God, just going onto social media for a minute, like that constant, I wish you guys could have seen the eye roll that Jamie just gave when I said <laughs> going on to social media. <laughs> I'll try to go back and screenshot it in the video version so I can post it. It was so good. Um, but that constant like stress hitting you makes you need more maintenance. Now that doesn't mean, oh my God, carve out eight more hours for self-care. That's not realistic for most people, but it does mean tuning in more. It doesn't mean listening more, right? Like not, not shaming more going like, what do I need during this time? Cause it's going to be different than what I needed when I wasn't experiencing the stress. Right. And like, for me, for an example, if you want a practical, realistic example, like during this pandemic, we were, we were okay. Like we were okay in our homes. We were safe, but as empaths, as intuitive people, as any human, even if you're not realizing it, you're feeling the sort of weight of that stress just sitting on the whole world. Right. And, but like, you can't go out and do anything. You can't like your home. So for me, self-care became, I would just like excuse myself and go up to my room for like 20 minutes and read or take a nap or just check out for a few minutes. I would ask my husband, can you, can you cook dinner tonight? Mm-hmm. Things like that. Like if, if I told you self-care is like, is not cooking dinner, someone would say to you, well, no, of course you have to eat healthily and you have to fuel your body. You have to do this, you have to do that. But in my life, in that moment, the, the responsibility of like planning a meal and cooking and cleaning up after it was, was a lot for me then. So then if I hand that over to someone, that actually becomes self-care. Oh my gosh. Yes. Can I, and don't think that I wasn't like, I should be cooking the meals and I should be doing this and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I had to re I had to walk myself through that, letting that go. Right. But that's why it's self-care. Yes. And to, to that exact point, it would have been easier in the short run for you to just go cook the dinner. 
Yes. It would have been easier for you to ignore your intuitive feelings, you to ignore what you needed, because it would have meant you could skip the guilt trip and the shame little session you were putting on yourself. Yes. In the long run, it would have been way worse because then you would have been moody mommy, which right. that's just something I call myself, but I think everyone can relate to, right? Like you're not getting what you need. So every right. time someone asks you for something, it feels like it's like, can you refill my water cup? And I'm like, ah, <laughs> because I'm not taking care of myself. So it, it is worse in the long run, but that short run, you could avoid leaning into those feelings. That's hard not to pick. Right. Exactly. Does, you have to choose yourself. And it's really hard to do that when you're not taught to choose yourself. Exactly. Exactly. You gotta have people. And I would, I definitely like Jamie, you are my person for this, but you gotta have people where you can send them a text and say like, I'm battling with myself about cooking dinner or not. And they can be like, girl, you're not cooking dinner tonight. And there's nothing wrong. Like, you know what I mean? Like you need those extra voices because otherwise you're going to go, you're going to go down. just in a blaze of glory, not to quote Bon Jovi, but there you go. (laughs) How can you not quote Bon Jovi? But yeah, it's it's a lot. We'll be right back after this short break. Hey, Jamie, do you know what goes really well with listening to a podcast? A great cup of coffee. Yep. And if you're local to South Shore, Massachusetts, you've got to check out Restoration Coffee. They're a specialty coffee shop that's been voted best coffee on the South Shore numerous times. And they offer more than just a great cup of coffee. They have specialty lattes, breakfast and lunch options, a cool vibe, and a really friendly staff. And if you're local or not, you can also order their beans, which are roasted in-house, by the way, and have them shipped anywhere. Yes. I'm going to go grab myself an Americano. No, grab me a Rachel with oat milk. That's my favorite latte. All right. You got it. And you know what, Jay? The owner is also really hot. Um, You should know you're married to him. <laughs> All right. Visit restoration-coffee.com. That's restoration-coffee.com. And tell them that the intuitive girl sent you. I have a little bit of a, a soapboxy thing I want to say. Oh, let's hear it. This is a good spot for my soapbox moment. Every spot is a good spot for a soapbox moment. (laughs) Okay. Well, I want to just say something about how, because intuition has been so hijacked by society and we're taught so many wrong things about it. It's no Mm -hmm. secret by episode nine to people that I'm very passionate about. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Self-care has become a fully ego activity. And so when you know something's ego, when it's based in fear and when guilt and shame are knocking on the door, that means you are in ego, right? Right. So, and you're supposed to compare yourself, right? We all know those people on social media that you look and they just did like a seven hour workout, ate a smoothie and, you know, four peas and they they have so much energy and they feel great. And like somehow their hair and makeup is done. Like, Like we all know those people and we all... I want, I want to root for everybody, but I also have that thing in my head where I'm like, why are you holding up that standard at me? Right? So that's when you're an ego, when you're experiencing those kinds of feelings and you're looking at that person, like, how are you pulling this off? (laughs) Because I was proud of myself for showering before we started recording today. Like, (laughs) I put moisturizer on today. So I won. I won the day. (laughs) 
So it needs to be brought back to an intuitive thing is my point. It needs to be brought back to desire-based. So intuition's main force is desire. And I think a lot of people hear desire, and I'm going to throw to you for this because you explain this better than me. When they hear desire, they hear like a sexual connotation. And obviously there is one, but like that's not all desire means. Desire is such a powerful, especially feminine thing, Mm. also sort of hijacked, right? Right. So I don't know. Do you have anything to say about like the force of desire or do you feel like I've explained it well enough? Well, I mean, a desire has just been sexualized by modern culture and by patriarchy because that is a woman's great power, part of the divine feminine, which men and women have. Um, everyone has feminine energy and that's the main part of that is intuition and desire. And that's what makes us really powerful because we can identify what we want and then go get it. And in this society, that's been shamed and sexualized so that we don't ever really know what we want and we feel bad going to get it. Yes, thank you. I knew that you would say that in such an eloquent way. So that was was perfect. So you have this big force of desire that you have. And again, it's not just sexual. Like take take that just off the table for a minute, which I don't think you should ever take sex off the table, but just for these purposes to hear me do that. And right. just think of it as asking yourself constantly, what do I desire? Right. What do I want? What do I what do I need in this moment? What am I longing for? What would what would fill me right now? Yes. And let yourself hear that answer. It's going to come. You're going to hear it. Mm-hmm. And then the guilt and shame parade is going to start marching down the street at you as soon as you hear it. Right. <laughs> like it's coming for you, baby. But mm-hmm. just hear it for a second and start to get used to now going, okay, I accept that for an answer. It doesn't mean that you have to solve the puzzle and figure out how to make that happen or figure out exactly what self-care tool you're going to use to give yourself whatever you can feel you desire. Mm-hmm. But you can stop the guilt and shame parade really fast by just going, I acknowledge that that's what I'm desiring. Right. right. But so far away from doing that, that we don't even understand when our body signals something to us, what it means. Like, right. We get a headache and we're, we just take a Tylenol and like, dude, I do too. Like, I'm not shaming anyone for taking Tylenol, but we don't ask the question, like, what was my body desiring or what did I miss or what do I need to give to myself to put into the cup, right? That my body is trying to tell me we're so disconnected from that intuitive process, physically, mentally, spiritually, that when you go to try to figure out what to do for self-care or what you need, sometimes it sounds like crickets because you're like, I don't. I don't know how to tap in or I feel so guilty when I try to ask that question that I just want to opt out. Yeah. You don't even know what that voice sounds like a lot of the times. Like you don't even know, like you hear it and it's so cut off from you that it, it, it doesn't even make sense in your head. Like what that voice, who it is or, or what it means. It sounds like this, like this random thought that pops in your head when really that's the voice of your intuition, the voice of your desire trying to be like, Hey, this is what we need, but we're so conditioned to shut it off, to like keep going, keep moving, don't stop, don't quit, you know, juggle all the balls of your life, like multitask, get this done, get that done. That that voice is like, it's dead to us. We don't even know what it means. Right. So we can't even, we can't even hear it. Like you said, it's dead to us. And so it's, that's the first part of the struggle, right? Is even hearing, even knowing to tune in or knowing what the heck it means. Like, right. Uh, like I've been tired for a week. Like, 
Right. A lot of women just accept that instead of being like, uh, what is happening in my body that I feel so tired this week? And right. that doesn't mean you have to do something. It just means you need to listen. Like, what am I desiring? Like, why am I tired? Like that yeah. intuitive piece of the puzzle. But then once you hear the answer, a lot of times this is where most of us fall apart. I am super guilty here. I know you are guilty here too. You mentioned this a little bit before, but now you have to sometimes ask for something. (laughs) (laughs) Now you have to say to somebody a lot of times, whether it's your kids or your spouse or a friend or you're a parent who's held or whatever boss, what, whoever, Hey, I need something. And for a lot of women that myself included, that is a very difficult sentence to say. Right. To ask for something and not pepper it with apologies and thank you in advances and, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like to stand in that moment and just say, I need this is um, a moment that can bring a lot of people to their knees. Yes. And even like you said, like you, you, one of your self-care things is to separate yourself for 20 minutes, which I got to say during a quarantine when your family is always home. I'm, I'm in such an introvert. I know you are too. Like, Oh my God, there's people always here. Are you kidding? Right. I love these people with all my heart, but they're always (laughs) around. (laughs) Right. Well, you need time. Yes. And to say to, to your husband or for me, to my kids, I need about 20 minutes where you don't come bother me unless somebody's like bleeding or unconscious. Um, And then I will come down like that can be a difficult thing to ask for because then you start to feel like the world's worst mom. Right. (laughs) And I don't think that's just, that's just motherhood. I think that's everywhere. Right. Well, and I think that maybe the first time you do that, it's going to be miserable and you're going to feel bad the whole time. And then the second time you do it, it gets easier and you start to reap the rewards of that. But we have to recondition ourselves to accepting that type of a break, no matter what it is, no matter, no matter what it is, you have to allow yourself to take that. You have to, you have to face that sort of monster that you're trying not to look at that follows you around everywhere that is guilt and shaming you, right? Like you have to sort of turn and have a conversation with it, which is difficult. But like you said, it's hard the first time, hard the second time, but it gets easier. It, It loses its power when you can lean into it. You know, like when you can hear your own bullshit stories, right? And you're, you're just like, for me, I'm just like, oh, this, this story again, really? We're this, we're, we've been telling ourselves this since we were about 14. Like we're still going with this shit story about ourselves. Like that helps take away some of the power. So it really does get easier and you don't have to, you know, climb the mountain every single time with it. But if you can understand it and start to work on like what's below the surface, I think it makes a big difference. Right. And that's why boundaries really come into play and why I said boundaries are self-care for me, because once you start asking for those moments and those breaks or time to do whatever it is that is self-care for you, then people start to expect that. And then it becomes a boundary and then it be, and then it becomes easier to ask because people expect it. If you're this like selfless martyr person who never takes and is always giving it's a shock to people's system when you actually need something people don't know what to do and it kind of like upends their life a little bit because it's such a steady for them Mm -hmm. but 
can start to ask and you start to expect that and you demand that for yourself, people know to give that to you. Yeah. And then, then it's not a big deal. Then that boundary is solid. And then, and then it's, then you're safe there in that self-care. Yes. And I think one of the hardest, um, things to like create those boundaries around is like it's not just about creating a boundary because someone is mean to you no right (laughs) so I think those are actually easier than creating the boundaries of like I need you to have a better response when I say this or I need you to help support me in having 20 minutes or (laughs) to myself like do you know what I mean by that it isn't always the big ones that are so hard to create it's those small ones that you're like, well, this isn't life or death, (laughs) right? Like this is me just trying to thrive. Like that's really hard to set those. But once you do, I mean, boundaries are basically just teaching people how to treat you, right? So once people have like adjusted, it's not so bad. Yeah. And you also, it's also sort of like, (laughs) it comes from a place of ego to assume that people can't survive without you for 20 minutes. (laughs) And And like, and that actually might be true to start. They might actually not know how to survive without you. But then once they do, then you're allowing people to feel like they're contributing and helping you. That actually makes other people feel better. That empowers other people. So not only are you taking these 20 minutes or an hour or whatever, or this day to yourself, you can take a whole day for self-care. It doesn't have to be 20 minutes. But when you take a month, (laughs) right. When you take that time for self-care and you hold the boundary and other people are allowed to like give you that space, you're empowering them. Then they can see you do it and then they can take their own. Exactly. Oh my gosh. It's just setting a good example. Like culturally right now, there's this weird competition amongst women and I see it really clearly amongst moms. So Mm -hmm. I'm guessing it's everywhere, but I obviously most of the people I'm around are moms, but it's like this competition for who is the most selfless. Like I see this happening at like, remember back when kids rode buses and stuff, or like you drew drop offs and you actually saw other humans. Remember that? I don't know if you do. I vaguely vaguely remember that. (laughs) Back then I would hear moms talking to each other and sometimes talking to me in ways that were like, I haven't showered in a week or Oh, I have, oh, you're going on vacation. I haven't done, I haven't been able to go on vacation. It must be nice. Like there's this weird, like I'm the most selfless and let me shame you for taking care of yourself in our culture. That is so super gross. Like stand there and be like, if somebody tells you that they took, they're going to take a vacation or that they took a whole day where they just read or something like you don't be like, must be nice. Like remove that shit from your vocabulary now. Instead, you like, good for you. That's amazing. How'd you do it? What'd you do? Tell me your secrets. Like, Oh my God, that's, I'm so excited for you. And then we can just cheer each other on in it instead of doing that stupid shame shit. Like we're, we're shaming ourselves enough. We don't need outside people doing it. Exactly. Exactly. And that comes from a place of not feeling powerful enough to take it yourself. So then you shame that person rather than being like, why can't I do that? How come I can't take that time? Exactly. Exactly. It's easier to do that than it is to do the work of, of introspection and, and figuring out why you can't do that for yourself. That's oh, the hard work. That is the hard work. It is very easy to like, let me, let me make you be pushed down a little bit instead. Right. Distract myself from the fact that I can't do what you did and that triggers something in me. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. 
what do you think, because I have an answer to this question, but that I'd like to say, but I want to know with you first, like, what is your element of taking care of yourself in your life that is the hardest struggle for you? Like, what area is like the hardest for you to take care of yourself? Um, for me, it's food and it's, um, it's my body. Yeah. I've got, I've done so much work with self-care and my time, um, and my energy levels. Um, but managing the food that's in my body and the way I move my body is my biggest struggle. Yeah. Mine, I would agree with you. That's also mine. Mine to be even more specific to that point. Um, I used to use eating and exercise, which are the way that I eat and the way and exercising are two things that are um, self-care that works really good for me. Like, I, I'm not saying that the only self-care I want to talk about is like how you eat and how you exercise. There's so much more to it than that. I don't mean to make it small. Um, but for me, e- eating and exercising were forms of abuse to myself. Right. Like they were ways that I hurt myself and punished myself for not being good enough. Right. So then to have to flip the script and have to go, how do I make these things be ways that I love myself, that I nourish and take care of myself is still something that I wrestle with all the time. Like it is not an easy flip. You know, like with meditating, I never had, a, I didn't like ever meditate to punish myself. <laughs> right. like that wasn't ever something that I did. Like maybe I did it because I felt like I should sometimes yeah. because I actually felt the intuitive pull to do it. Um, but like I can, I can enter that arena. I can do that. I can do other, you know, sort of self-care things where I feel like, okay, I'm just creating the space for it in my life. But for, for food and for exercise, It's, I have to pull myself out of a a very destructive place to try to enter into a very positive nourishing place. And that is really hard. Well, because you're doing double work. You're not just, you're not just taking these issues with food and exercise and getting rid of them. You're keeping them, but then using them for good instead of evil, right? So that's like, you're not just undoing something, you're rewriting it and then always using it. And, and that takes a lot of, a lot of work. Yes. And I, I'm sharing it not because I like, I love to talk about it. Cause I, I honestly, like, I don't mind talking about it, but it's not like my number one favorite conversation, but I'm sharing this because I think a lot of women are like us and this category is their hardest. Right. And it's hard to feel like you're doing a great job caring for yourself, even if you're doing like so many other things. If when you go to feed your body and like move your body in the way it needs to be moved for you to feel healthy, when you go to do those things, you have to pull yourself from a former place of like really tough destruction and bad. You know, I, I went really down that hole really far. But even if you just kind of grew up conditioned with a little bit of negativity there, it's still a fight. So I want to acknowledge that it isn't just easy. Like if you're sitting there shaming yourself because you're not exercising daily and that like you're not eating perfectly or whatever, I just want to, first of all, I want to give you a hug. But second of all, I just want to say like, it's so difficult. Like you have been 
not only have you been taught by society and conditioned to this, you've probably seen the generations of women before you doing it. And there isn't a lot of great examples out there as to how to like intuitively fix that because it's not a one size fits all. The right way to eat and exercise for me is not the same as anybody else. Like it's a unique thing. So it's a, this element in particular, I feel like people kind of give up on all self-care because of this, this like central element to it, which may be, I mean, I think if you're not able to eat right and you're not able to move your body in the way that it wants to move, whatever that looks like, I think the other pieces of self-care almost don't stick. Does that make sense? Yeah, a hundred percent, because that's such a strong foundation of how our body works and how our energy works. And if we can't settle that, then all the other stuff we add on top isn't, isn't going to stick. Yes. So my big point to that speech (laughs) is like, do yourself a favor and let yourself off the hook a little bit, but along with your self-care, I don't think you need to wait to start doing self-care, start to do the work on your own stories and your own things that you notice. Like when you go to take care of yourself, what is the, the story that you're coming up with? Or what is it that is hard for you to do? Like, where do you fall apart? Right? Like, where is it that you have to really battle a guilt and shame monster? Like where, what category, what's triggering it? Like first just pay attention and catch it and then do yourself a favor and do that work at the same time. I feel like there's a lot of um, people in the health and wellness industry who have great programs and wonderful items that they can sell to you, but there's this missing element where they're not letting you know that in order for this to work you gotta you gotta work on your stuff like you've got to adjust it yes so that's what I was I was going to say I feel like you and I could have used this episode as a a pitch for ourselves right like we both (laughs) offer services that are would be deemed as self-care right but it it's not about selling something can could like one of your sessions or one of my sessions we both do different things but Mm -hmm. could could they help people in their self-care? A million percent. And should you be doing energetic maintenance? Should you be getting energy work every week or month? Yes. Should you be doing like coaching sessions and digging deep like what you do, Heather? Yes, that's all self-care. But you can't just do that and then walk away. Exactly. So like what we're talking about today is Once you do the work to figure out what your body needs and why you're so resistant to it, then filling those gaps of what you actually need for self-care, they'll just fill in themselves. Mm -hmm. You'll know to get a Reiki session with me. People will know to do a session with you. You'll know to go get acupuncture. You'll know to go get a massage or to go take a nap or to get a book from the library. You'll know all that once you can start to like find those sticky resistant points. Yes. Once that story isn't so loud as to why... Listen, it all boils down to being unsafe in some way. Every spoiler alert, that's part of the work that I do. I don't make it a secret. You have a story that says it's unsafe to take care of yourself. If you're a woman, you have about a thousand times more stories than everybody else. Like you have those. And, And to your exact point, if you can do the work on that story and shift that story and not have to deal with that mother effing story every time or deal with it in a smaller way, right. then 
the knowing and hearing the voice of what you need and going out and finding it and even trying it. Was that what I needed? Did I actually like that? Or did I feel like I need like tuning into all of that? Is that what I need this week? Right? Like that becomes so much easier. You clear sort of the path for that. And then you're not dealing with that sort of cloudiness that comes with that, that guilt and shame and that not knowing what to do. Right. Right. Because if you just decide, Oh, I'm going to do yoga every day for this self-care routine right to fill my cup and then you start doing it that might not be what your body needs right so like if you don't know what your body needs and you just slam yourself into this routine it's not going to work and it's going to start to feel like a really big burden exactly and if you take that if you're trying to do if you want to do yoga every day because like intuitively something about that appeals to you and the universe keeps showing you signs like everywhere you go there's something about yoga then say to yourself I'm gonna try yoga every day this week and see how that feels yeah and then decide what to do that little switch of of language is everything because then it can't it can't be a failure if you say i'm going to do a 30-day yoga challenge you get to day 10 and you hate it and you stop then it's a failure not only did the self-care not work it didn't fill your cup but now you're beating yourself up about failing and now it's just so much harder so much harder yeah so that language is like i'm going to try this and see how it feels and then you can be like that's not what I need. And then it's not a success or a failure. It's just a recalibration. Oh, I love that. I love what you said. Put that on a t-shirt. It's not a success <laughs> or a failure. It's a recalibration. Yes, 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 yes. That's so true. And using that same, that same thought process and applying it to Reiki, I'm not, we're not selling our services here, but we are in the self-care industry. So I want to use Reiki as an example, Jay, because I know you see this. So if somebody comes in to you for a Reiki session and you, you clear, clear out the gunk, you tell them, I know you, I know you, you share with people if they want to know like what their chakras were blocked or what's going on energetically with them. And then they just go, okay, I'll, I'm going to come back next week at this time. And, and they don't do any work to like figure out why, or like take any active role into keeping everything clear and like back into balance, right. they're just going to show up next week the same way they were before. It isn't, and it's not that like, oh, Reiki should do that. No, you you are creating your own stuff. So you have to step in at that same time and go, why is my throat chakra always a mess? Like Exactly. Yes. Right. So, and we'll talk about this actually in the next topic for the podcast. This is a nice segue. Um, <laughs> we'll be talking about energy and we'll be spending some time on the chakras, but like your body's always trying to tell you something. So yeah, an energy healer, myself or anyone else, and there's a million energy healing modalities. It doesn't have to be Reiki, but like a million different ways you can go in and clear your energy. If you always have a blocked throat chakra, yes, I can clear that for you like that super quick. But if we're not healing the actual issues that are coming up in our life, then that's always going to be a problem. And then you're always going to be dependent on me. Mm-hmm. I want you dependent on me to survive. You know what I mean? I have enough people that need me to survive. <laughs> I want to help you as healers. Like healers should want to help you, to teach you, to show you the way to heal yourself. Yeah. And I'm happy to help you with that but you got to do the work 
and figuring out why this is an issue and why you need this energy healing. And that is the difference between, I don't want to say like a good healer and a bad healer, but a healer that's going to actually help you as opposed to someone who's just trying to rope you in to coming for, you know, X amount of sessions. Right. (laughs) Buying more, buy more sessions, but, and keeping you on the hook about it. Yeah. I don't exactly. I know both you and I, our goals are always for people to not need us for the majority of the time and then come find us when they do need us because there's enough in life that's going to happen to everybody. (laughs) They're going to come back when they, like, we both actually want that. And we're both blessed enough to be busy enough to, like, that's fine. That's plenty. But just look for that with people and, and look for that in yourself. Like, know these people who are, are in the health and wellness business are healers who, who maybe sell self-care in some way. Is their messaging sort of trying to help me figure this out and do this differently? Like, are they trying to help me heal myself or are they trying to say they're healing me? Because right. that is a big difference. Right. Are they selling themselves? Like, that's the thing. Like, if it's, if it's about all about them, then it can't be about you. Ooh, exactly. I love that. Right. You said so many good slogans for t-shirts today. <laughs> Check our merch shop after episode. <laughs> I love that. Oh, so what is your what is your favorite small self-care thing to do for yourself? Um, coffee. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. back pre-pandemic, for me it was always like going out and getting a coffee. And I have a very lovely coffee machine here. Um, and I make myself coffee. But for me, there was something about, I couldn't figure out why I always wanted to go get a coffee. And I realized because it would always be in Boston, which is, if you know anything about me, that's my <laughs> most favorite place. Um, and I'm always in there all the time with my kids. So, But I would always intuitively, without realizing it, I would carve out like 15 minutes so I could park walk to that coffee shop, then get the coffee and then walk back to my car. So what I realized was it wasn't actually about the coffee. I mean, it was delicious, but it was about really about like being in a place that felt really energetically safe and happy and, and home. Like for me, I was putting myself there to ground myself and and to raise my vibration without even realizing it. Yeah. And you know what I love about that is that you can't say that you stop to get a coffee for anybody else. No, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't benefit anybody else but you. And so right. it's this one place that you can give yourself permission to do it, that you found a way and it like, it's something for you and it doesn't have to be coffee, right? It's my coffee is mine too. Also no secret that my husband owns a coffee shop. So like, obviously. Right. The best one around, by the way. Coffee. But if that like if that's the thing that like feeds you and gives you that little break, that's self-care. And that's awesome right. self-care. Do it more. Yeah, and and don't get it twisted. Like people will try to shame me for that. They'll be like, Do you you have a you have an amazing espresso machine at home? Why do you have to spend four dollars a day? And I'm like, listen, buddy. At first I did feel guilty, but then I was like, four bucks a day? That's too much for me? Like, like, like I'm not worth that? That's no, ridiculous. I am worth that. I'll buy 50 coffees a day and it'll still be my worth. You know what I mean? Like, but those are the little places where we start to shame each other and we start to shame ourselves, like about, um, 
like scarcity and lack and money and, and like how do you have time for that how do you have the money for that Ugh, it's gross but read i can i can i'm worth the the time that i take out to walk and get that coffee and i'm worth the four bucks for the coffee you're worth so much more than that baby but i'm glad that you make that time for yourself <laughs> <laughs> my other little thing to this that i just want to add is that um when i can moving slowly in the morning meaning like not getting myself moving really quick and out the door and, you know, exercise and done by, you know, 7am or something like just having the morning just sort of go where it needs to. And I usually have a time where I'm like, all right, I got to get myself together by this time, but just allowing myself a slow morning is a form of self-care for me. So it not have to be gigantic. That's hard for you, isn't it? (laughs) Going slow like that. As a doer, Yes. It is hard for me, but I'm also a born, whatever you call a, not a morning person. I am not, I get up early, getting up is fine. But like that, once I get going, I go and like getting myself from the point of like waking up. I think I was just traveling to different universes. Like I'm still groggy. I don't know what my name is, what day it is, what planet I'm on. So like to force myself into moving quickly and not just like, sipping my coffee and maybe sitting outside or like, I don't know, wasting time on my phone. So like, I used to feel guilty for that. Like, oh my God, I own my own business. I should get up and I should do 800 things before 8am. I would do that and it would feel so terrible. So to just go, you have permission to start slow to me is such good self-care. I mean, you just said that that's how your body naturally works. Right. So to like resist that, it, it it can't be good for you. It's only self-care to listen to the the rhythms and the flows of your body. But we're taught that we have to go, go, go. Yes, exactly. So self-care can be anything, whether it's putting moisturizer on yourself after you get out of the shower, whether right. it's learning to not shame yourself or feel, feel like, you know, eating and exercise is a form of, of punishment yeah. and it's instead easy. of nourishment, right. getting a coffee going slow in the morning when you can, whatever it is, setting a boundary, that is all self-care because it is you going, what do I need? And if you can do that and you can hear the answer and you can do it, you're awesome because that's hard to do. So give yourself so much credit for that. Right. And go easy on yourself. You're not going to get it right every time. You're going to be frazzled. You're going to, you're going to be overspent sometimes. And rather than beating yourself up about it, it's a place to go, all right, this is the self-care that I missed. And, and this is what I'm going to work towards next time. Like this was where I, where I, I lost it. And I'm going to, I'm going to get it back next time. Not like I'm the worst. I can't, I can't ever feel right. I never have enough energy. Like you can just rewrite it as you go. Oh my gosh. Yes. You're going to fall off the wagon. You're going to right. be like meditating every day and exercising every day. And just like, feeding your body exactly what it wants and sleeping well and whatever you need. And then something's going to upset your world. My gosh, is there plenty of stuff going on to upset your world and you're going to stop. And instead of going like, Oh, I suck. Just be like, Oh, I, I can start to tune back into myself and figure out what I need again. I'm, I'm where it's happened. Let me ease myself back in and do it how I need it. Instead of like, Oh my God, I suck. And let me like whip myself back into shape. Like that's not helpful. Right. Or what a lot of people do is they say, I suck. And then they give up everything entirely Yes, because that it's actually easier. It's easier than, than figuring out where it went wrong and, and working on it again. It's, it's easier and safer 
to quit the short term in the short term it's easier and safer absolutely in that moment of battle to just choose a distraction instead of dealing with all of the stuff your your whole being is trying to tell you right exactly exactly in the moment yeah right. but it won't go away <laughs> no. give yourself some grace it's still a pandemic we're still we're still muddling through this and figuring it out so just give yourself some grace grace and space and address your stuff and then whatever take the shame and the guilt and just like I was going to say check it at the door but do yourself one better and recognize it and right. listen to it and see what the, the shitty story it's telling you because if it's working part of you believes it right there's something there so right. check in and work there and remember your worth has nothing to do with how well you martyr yourself like enough of the oh, I want, she was such a selfless woman or she's so selfless. She just exactly. gives everybody. Let's stop celebrating that shit. Right. No. Let's, right. Oh my God, she has such a strong sense of self. That's right. so awesome because she knows how to take care of herself. And then that makes so she takes good care of other people. Like I want more movies and TV shows where their women heroes are that, not like I've given everything for everybody else. Or like write a Mother's Day card that's like, Thanks for being such a great role model of balance, of a balanced life. Not like you've literally given your life to everyone but yourself. Happy right. Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. You almost died by <laughs> giving it to all of us and we appreciate it. Yeah, like enough. Be like, thanks for setting an example right. of how to take care of yourself. Like be, that should be the wording. Like, right. can we call Hallmark or somebody and be like, change the fucking cards. <laughs> Yeah, we could try. We'll just make our own line because they won't listen. <laughs> that will be in our merch store too. Mother's Day. <laughs> we need a merch store, clearly. I mean, we don't have one. I can't imagine we have time to make one, but my God. I mean, we're just coming up with this stuff. Yeah, I like right. this real talk episode, Heather. I liked it. So fun. I mean, it just feels like how you and I talk to each other, to be honest. Yeah. Agreed. Is there any other points you want to make about good old self-care, Jay? No, I think we hit it for the most part. I think we may have uh, rattled some people. So let them sit with it and then uh, let us know in the, you know, go to embodylove.me slash intuitive girls. Yeah. Let us know what you think. Give us some feedback. Let, let us know what you're feeling, what your trouble spots are with self-care, what right. resonated with you, what pissed you off. We are very used to pissing people off. So that doesn't really bother us at all. So uh, feel free. <laughs> awesome thanks jay I, I hope you go do something awesome for yourself today i'm gonna go take a nap no <laughs> <laughs> another cup of coffee <laughs> i'll do both okay sounds good i'll talk right. to you soon bye can i ask everyone listening to do us a favor can you please Go wherever you're listening to this, whatever platform you listen to the IGG on. Can you go on for us, please? And like, whatever it's asking you to do, like, like, follow, download, rate, write a review. We would love for you to do that for us. Hey, thanks for listening to our episode. For show notes and a place to send feedback, please visit our website, embodylove.me slash intuitivegirls. Again, that's embodylove.me slash intuitivegirls.